Getting back to basics, especially in medical device and pharma sales, the value of pre-call planning and asking better questions. What's at stake? This is a podcast from Integrity Solutions. I'm Michael Terrell. If you're not getting time with someone that you're calling on on a regular basis, in this, in this case, medical device, they're calling on the same surgeons a lot. If you're not getting time with that surgeon, you know what they're telling you indirectly? You're not bringing value. And so you need to kind of be honest with yourself and go, okay, what can I do to differentiate myself and start bringing value? And asking well thought out quality questions is a differentiator that that brings value and starts building a relationship. People want to deal with people that bring value. That's Mike Fisher, Vice President of Business Development at Integrity Solutions and a veteran sales trainer. He's also one of our most popular podcast guests. Our focus is on preparing for sales calls and especially the need to prepare excellent questions. We have a lot to cover in this episode. Mike, we're doing this bright and early one morning. Thanks for putting time aside. I am an early riser and I appreciate you having me on. Pre-call preparation, especially the piece about thinking through the right questions. Why is it so important? Well, I think you've got to differentiate yourself. When reps are going to see a, a prospect or a customer, they've got to differentiate themselves somehow. And I think one of the things that we have to do is is ask well thought out prepared questions that differentiate me from my competition. And I think when you do that, that, that lets the customer know that you're more interested in helping them and learning about what their needs are versus telling them about what you're there for. And I think that's a differentiator. And what it tells me, Michael, is that a, a younger, and when I say younger, an inexperienced salesperson will come in and tell, 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 and I think it's because maybe they're sometimes it's it's they're nervous or sometimes it's uh, they've been well. If I'm being honest, Michael, I think a lot of times they've not been trained on how to ask good questions. So they've been told product knowledge and product knowledge and learn the product knowledge and do this and then go tell the story. And when they go out and do that, it's let me tell you about us. Hey, I appreciate you taking the time, Michael, to spend some time with me. Let me tell you about us. We've been in business since, and they go down this path and and you shut the customer off. Whereas the, the, the reps that can go in and ask really well thought out questions. Hey, in preparation for our time together today, Michael, I went back and researched a few things. And I noticed that you were from so-and-so. Tell me about that. And when you start to, to, to really think through, that sends a different impression to the customer uh, when they do that. So I think just the importance of how do I want to start this relationship? Is it telling or listening? And I think you differentiate yourself on that front end when you're doing a lot more listening than talking and, and, and letting them know that you're prepared. Mike, is this particularly important and timely now? You know, I think it's always been, Michael. I think it, it, it's important now. And I certainly think that when uh, where the difference is, is that virtually we have to ask questions. There's a bit of a, a newness to the virtual piece. Now people are used to it to a certain degree. But I, I work with groups all the time where uh, we have to, I have to remind them to ask really well thought out questions and send an agenda in advance of what you'd like to cover. And people appreciate that. But I think it's always been Asking, asking good questions and listening is something that uh, I think is timely in that we always need to remember to do it. And we've always got an influx of, of people that are you know, getting into new businesses and whatnot. I think that's probably where I would say it's timely, Michael, is because people are starting new businesses and changing. There's a lot of job change right now. And so I've got to go back to fundamentals and go back to basics. And I think selling is one of those things. We don't have a training camp per se. We have to go back and relearn things. And I think when, when I'm in front of groups, it's a lot like fundamental basic training camp. And I have people come up to me all the time and say, 
you know what, this works so well, I quit doing it. <laughs> and I need to get back to those basics and back to those fundamentals. And so for us to get out of the current for a little bit and think about the questions that we're asking, who am I seeing and what am I doing? I think that's the great, is it timely? It is because I think we've, we've gotten away from doing some of those fundamental basics. And if you've been in sales for a long time, it's probably a good idea to go back and say, all right, what are the quality of the questions I'm asking and what are my good go-tos and, and do I need to brush up on that a little bit? It's something that, that we all can learn from. Okay, there's some obvious downsides if you're not good at this in terms of connecting with customers and, of course, what I've heard you refer to as the most dreaded response from a prospect, and that is, thanks for coming by. I tell you, if you get a thanks for coming by, <laughs> that's not a good sign. I, if we don't leave with the next actionable step of some sort, whatever level it is, I'm not saying you have to close for the business. As a matter of fact, you probably shouldn't be. It Oftentimes, it's closing for the next actionable step of what we're going to do. And if they're open to, when I leave a meeting and someone says, hey, I wanna, I'm going to pull a couple of these people together and can we get back together and do this again? I think I need to get the, some of the other people involved that are decision makers. That's a really good next step for us. And so that lets me know that they've accepted me, they've accepted what I'm talking about and what I have, I have, I've helped them solve a problem. And so I think when you, when you, when, if you're not having those responses and those reactions, then it probably was just a, uh, it was a meeting versus a, having a, a good call that, that goes very well. So I have to step back and ask myself, did I, did I really think about it? And, and there's a piece to this that's really important that when we walk out of a call, do I have the emotional intelligence to say, okay, either A, that went really well. Why? Why did that go so well? Well, I prepared for those questions. I anticipated that objection that they asked me. I had that well thought out. So when they when they asked me that, I was able to, to you know, follow up and ask good questions and learn more about that. Or if it doesn't go well, then I need to step back from an emotional intelligence standpoint and go, okay, that was a train wreck. <laughs> Why? And I'm not beating myself up over it. I'm going, okay, what could I have done differently? Well, and it could be that I should have thought about that objection. I should have anticipated that, that kind of thing. And I didn't do that. So what am I going to learn from that going forward? So I don't do it again. The thanks for coming by is they happen sometimes, but let me throw something in here though, Michael, that's really important is if you're going to ask these questions and if we're going to go in and take the time to, I have some open-ended question things that I like to use and different things to get people going. But I think that, that one of the more important things of asking questions is the second half of this is what were, what were my listening skills? Am I prepared to listen to their answers and responses? Because one of the mistakes we always make is we, we, we're not listening to learn. We're listening to inject our next statement. And so I think we have to step back a little bit and go, wait a minute. What am I listening? Am I listening to learn? If you're going to ask questions, here's an acronym for you. W-A-I-T, wait, W-A-I-T. And it stands for why am I talking? <laughs> and it reminds us to step back and go, why am I there? They're, they're, I've just asked them a question. Let me wait for an answer and let them, let them respond. And then I'll, I can ask good follow-up questions to take it deeper. And so our listening skills become equally as important as the quality of our questions, because if we're not listening or we're answering our own questions, we're not learning much. So what are some of the fundamentals for focusing on good questions? Where to start? When you go in to see someone, I think it's a good idea to begin with the end in mind. And what I mean by that is, why would this customer want to use or, or even entertain what it is that I'm going to propose over what they're currently doing. And if I don't have an emotional why they're going to do that, and when I say an emotional why, I'm not talking about getting emotional. I'm talking about, is it going to save them money? Is it going to save them time? Is it going to be uh, better outcomes? I think about, we do a lot in the medical device space. Is it going to be a better patient outcome? What is the, what is the why that they would change 
what it is that they're that I'm going to what they're doing to what I'm going to you know give them a suggestion or propose it as a as a solution for a new solution that my product can do that others can't. And if I can't articulate my value proposition and what we do differently, then they're probably not going to change. And so when you think about that on the front end, then you need to think about the quality of the questions that you're asking to to help them to articulate that or to discover for themselves what that is. And it's like, boy, I'm, you know, I'll give you an example that's medical device related because a lot of times it's, it's time savings or, or what is it that we can, well, if, if I can do this many cases in a day, for example, or if I'm having better patient outcomes, then I had a really good one the other day that we were talking about that now a lot of these, these doctors are now surgery center owners. And so the difference in the way you ask that question, you know, as a Michael, as a surgery center owner now, how important is is your time per case in a day? What does that look like for you? Well, yeah, I mean, it's certainly important. So if, you know, if you were able to, to save by doing a different procedure, save, say 10 minutes a case and you're doing five in a day or six in a day, that saves an hour in a day. For them, that, that could mean a lot of money at the end of the, how much it costs to have that surgery center, have that OR, that operating room. So thinking in terms of, of what's important to them and then asking your questions in a way that help them to discover whatever your product is, whatever the need is, to help them to say, yeah, that is better than what I'm currently doing. Tell me more about that. And I think that's a, a really important preparation piece that you have to think about and before you start asking the types of questions that you're going to ask. Mike, you use a simple and powerful model at Integrity Solutions for parsing and understanding the different types of questions. Can you walk us through that briefly? Basically, there's a model that we that we have called the gap model, and it basically looks at the types of or the quality of questions that I'm asking when I'm in front of a customer. And they, they're basically four different categories. It's current situation, desired situation, risk, concern and benefit reward questions. And so if you can picture the letter H and on the top left side, current situation questions, those are basically, well, where are you now? What are you currently doing when you have this? How are you currently handling this this uh, situation or how you this type of of uh, a need, if you will. Over on the left-hand side of that H on the top is desired situation. So if current situation is where they are, desired situation is where they would like to be. What are some things you'd like to see happening that aren't happening now? Simple enough question. And tell me about your business. How's it going? It's going well. Well, what are some things you'd like to see happening in your business that aren't happening now? And you can insert category or whatever it is that you're that you're talking about. And usually there's a gap between where they are and where they'd like to be. Now, if you go to the bottom of that letter on the H on the left-hand side, you're going to have risk concern questions. And risk concern questions are, you know, does it concern you at all that the things that you'd like to see happening are not happening now? You'd mentioned that. Does that concern you at all? Why? And so that's kind of opening up that risk concern questions. And then on the left-hand bottom, or the right-hand bottom, I'm sorry, the right-hand bottom of the H, that's where the benefit reward questions are. Well, if you could get those things that aren't happening now, how would that impact your business? How would that impact your, your practice? How would that impact your staff, your team? So it's, it's basically thinking about current, desired, risk, concern, benefit, reward. Now, here's the thing I want you to, to think about. On the, the, the two that are on the top that we mentioned, that's our current situation and desired situation, those are logical in, in nature in that these are, here's where I am, here's where I'd like to be. And people typically don't make decisions to change unless there's an emotion involved. And so, when I, again, when I say emotional, I'm not talking about getting emotional, but an emotional, think of an emotional why. So a risk, concern, benefit, reward is an emotional why. It's, it's cost savings, it's time savings, it's better outcomes. It, 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 does, it, it impacts my, my people in a certain way. So why would they want to shift? And if I can't move them from logic to emotion, I, my follow-up questions typically are the things that move them there. For example, 
tell me what you're currently doing, you know, for this type of, of situation. Well, we're, we're having some, that's actually challenging for us. We've, we've got a, we've, we're really overloaded with whatever. It's okay. Wow. That sounds like it concerns you. Tell me more about that. Now they start to get into the pain or the emotional, geez, it's really frustrating. It's, it's costing us money or it's too expensive and we're staying on this path or we're not able to get as many as we'd like to do, whatever it is that they're getting into. And when they share that with me, if you could solve that, how does that impact your business? Well, certainly it, it saves us time, money, energy, whatever. So once they start to share those things, now we've found an emotional why. And if they can start to talk about those things, your transition is not to the close. I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is they want to transition into a close. Well, if I could show you how we could do that, would you be willing to do business with me? Well, that's premature. We need to transition into a demonstration, an effective demonstration to show how we solve those problems. So the transition is, you know, if I could share with, let me share with you some solutions that others who have had those same challenges that you have are now being able to eliminate or at least reduce to impact their business. Then I can demonstrate solutions to those problems. You'd mentioned earlier that this was an issue. Let me give you just an example. Uh, let's say somebody wants to buy a, a new phone. And one of their problems that they have is that they don't have enough storage and they're always having to, to delete their pictures to keep the storage going. You'd mentioned earlier that one of the challenges that you had was uh, that, that when I'm in my demonstration, one of the challenges you'd mentioned earlier is that was your, your storage in your, uh, with your pictures. One of the things that a feature of our, of our phone is that it's cloud storage. And so it has unlimited capacity. And what that means to you is you're never going to have to delete any more pictures. Well, now you've walked through a process where they go, well, that's what I want, a solution to my problem. And I like that. Okay. Now they've now moved to a closed perspective. How's this sound? You know, let's, let's, how's this sound? It sounds great. How do I get it? So we kind of move them down that path. So I think the quality, when we go back to the purpose of this was to talk about questions. I think when you can, when you can uncover what their need is, and if they share a problem or an issue or a challenge with their business when they're open that, or if anybody ever says to you, Michael, hey, that's a great question. Now you know you're hitting to a, to a getting to a good spot. When you start to get into solving problems for customers, not just asking questions, all of a sudden it's a different level of 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 now. I want to. These are people I want to do business with, or this is someone that uh, that has thought through that, and you get away from the. Thanks for coming by. Okay, let's have an example if you have one. In fact, I remember you have this great story of a conversation you had recently with a guy on a plane. I was sitting on an airplane and, and I was sitting next to a guy and we started talking for a few minutes and, and uh, I found out that he was a surgeon. And when I found out he was a surgeon, I do a lot with the medical device reps. And so I started asking him, let's talk about reps. And I wanted to pick his brain a little bit. And I said, tell me about a great rep for you. When, when you have someone come in, that's a great rep that you spend time with. What, what differentiates them from the, the below par reps? And he said, uh, they bring value. And I'm like, what do you mean? Okay, good. What does that mean? They bring value. And he said, I don't know. They, they've, they just got well thought out questions. They, they know my, they know my patient demographic. They know my procedures. They know my, my, basically my business. And when they come to me and ask questions, they're well thought out that apply to my business, not their business. If that makes sense, they're not coming in just to sell me something. And he said, they, 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 they just bring value. They get it. And I, and I'll say that, and I'm assuming they're kind of a partnership with you. He said, yeah, they're, they cover my cases. They're in there with me. We, we kind of, I need them there. He said, what about the bad reps? Tell me about them. And he said, they waste my time. And I'm like, he said, don't give them any time because they come in inopportune moments. They're really focused on them. And they usually get one or two chances. And after that, if they're not experienced they're they're not, uh, you know, I can tell they're not very skilled in these areas. I just, I can't even, I can't take the time to do those things. And it just made me think about how important that is to, to when you're, uh, if you're calling on somebody to, to think about, okay, am I bringing value? 
And if you're not getting time with someone that you're calling on on a regular basis, in this, in this case, medical device, they're calling on the same surgeons a lot. If you're not getting time with that surgeon, you know what they're telling you indirectly? You're not bringing value. And so it, you need to kind of be honest with yourself and go, okay, what can I do to differentiate myself and start bringing value? And asking well thought out quality questions, I think, is a differentiator that, that will, will brings value and starts building a relationship. People want to deal with people that bring value. Mike, let's finish. One last thought, if you have it, on asking good questions. I think there's a level of emotional intelligence that has to come with our, our quality of, of, of questions. It's not as linear as saying, go, go ask questions, just go ask good questions. You have to be able to read a room and you have to have the emotional intelligence to go, you know what, something this I'll use, I'm, I'm on the same theme of the medical device. The case before me did not go well. This is not the right time to ask that question. And you have to kind of step back and go, okay, you know what? I know we had a minute to, to talk right now, but I tell you what, it looks like this is not the best time. I'll be, I'm coming back on Thursday. I'll see you then. Hey, thanks. And when you do that, that psychological reciprocity, they go, Hey, I appreciate you thinking that way. And when you get back to see them the next time, usually they go, Hey, thanks for doing that. I'm sorry. I, we had something go on and, and I appreciate you doing it. Now they're open to listening to you. And I think if you, if you, you've got to be able to read the situation and read the room and know this is a good time to ask that question or it's not. Integrity Solutions, Mike Fisher on why pre-call planning is essential and especially asking great questions and listening with a focus in this episode on medical device and pharma sales. You've been listening to a podcast from Integrity Solutions. I'm Michael Terrell.